This is the blues narrative, blues people, COVID-19, and civil unrest. This particular series is uh, a slew of interviews, more in the conversational aspect of, of what is going on right now with what could be considered melanated people. Some people could say black people. Um, I say dark-hued, brown-hued, lighter-hued, um, and how we're, we're coping, responding, and everything else that's going on. Because this, you know, this is like the first time in history, and I, I repeat this before every interview, the first time in history, to my understanding, and I, I'm sl- somewhat sharp in history, and we've had a pandemic, civil un- protest and civil unrest all at the same time. Now, joining me today is Miss Phoenix Moon. How are you, Miss Moon? I am well. How are you? I'm, I'm well. And we're going to we're going to talk about the civil unrest currently how it relates to past incidents and the connection of of all of this with what's considered right black indian which some people say is a which which people say african americans are reclassified black indians but then on the other side of this notion, you have black people saying that they're African. And I've even heard someone say, well, I've heard a few people say everybody, every black person want to be everything except for African. So let's start there. I have a question I'm going to ask you. It's kind of a long question, Right. But I want to start there, and then from there, we're going to go into how it relates to the pandemic and everything we're seeing. So the question is, so there's black Hebrews, there's black Indians, there's black Persians, black Africans, black South Americans, Mexicans, Europeans, Asians, etc. These are all nationalities that morph into ethnicities and cultural identities. There are white pale groups of each as well. The concept of pan-Africanism in African worldview looks to make it a whole as African being the focal point and origin of every black person, everybody, period. My question to you, Ms. Moon, does that omit the origin, connection, and pride of all of these groups that, whether it's a, they identify or know of their connection to their lands. Um, yes, I will say that it does interrupt the truth. Heritage is the one thing that cannot be changed. Culture is unique, <clears throat> excuse me, unique and specific to people as well. Um, and that all changes here in America. When you have someone who is from Egypt, they are. It doesn't matter what hue they are. They are classified as Muslim and Christian and of those natures. They're not classified by skin tone or class in 
um, in, in that particular, they're, they're Muslim-dominated countries. So when they come to America, they are free white people. They, they, they can be dark as Wesley Snipes, skin visage, and hue, and still be considered free white people mm. by designation. So to say that, um, I, I, it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to um, give credence to the fact that everybody is from Africa, especially um, because no one can actually prove ancestry. DNA doesn't prove ancestry. Um, it doesn't establish heritage. It doesn't give you a direct ancestor. Um, so, And then, of course, there's an issue that there's no American prototype for DNA. Um, but what's important is ancestry, the genealogy, the consanguinity. Who is everybody related to? If people really believe that all life started in Africa, how come they don't have polar bears? Like, you, there's no explanation um, for those things. Which really does it, 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 those things are uh, from controlled sciences that we haven't been able to participate without influence of a structure that we have to abide by. Uh, whether or not we make our own self-discoveries and have um, different dissertations that, you know, um, that they, they may dis, uh, disapprove of, specifically when it comes to who are you related to. So to say that, you would have to, you, no one would be upset, no uh, so-called black person would be upset when someone says go back to Africa, right? Because that would mean that they were brothers and you we all have to go, right? And right. that's not true. You can't establish that and you can't, um, I have a term, and it's called no grandma killers. Mm. And no grandma killers are, you would have to steal someone's African grandmother to give her to me. We can't speak in in in, uh, in terms of we and ours, because there are separate and different distinct peoples all over the world. So, and they come from different uh, descendants. They descend from different families. Who are the people? Who are your ancestors? We have a, a, a vague um, uh, understanding of history and we take on blanket stories, but you can't place yourself inside the narrative. So, you know, that, that's a great place to, to really get to the root of this. Where did the concept idea or, you know, like are black people, and I'm using this term loosely, uh, African-Americans are, are, are collectively looking for something to belong to was, were, were African-Americans, black people, were they taught this? Um, where did this concept come from? Well, that was part of the propaganda. Um, different intervals throughout history, um, specifically after the Immigration Act of 1870, which is a few uh, short years after uh, the uh, slavery was abolished. Um, you have the, 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 a blanket story that doesn't suit the narrative, the most comparative, uh, uh, comprehensive database in the world on slave voyages specifically tells you about the North American slave trade. Less than 300,000 people came in the entire 350 years of slavery in America, in, in what we now call the United States, which at that time would have been the 13 colonies. That does not include people um, outside of those colonies. So even if you have uh, documentation of being uh, enslaved, uh, part of a, a family or a particular individual that was enslaved, 
um, at that point in the 13 colonies, you are still able to establish a timestamp where you can place yourself in American history. You can't deal with the vague stories. This is absolutely why it's always going to be denied reparations. Um, so if you have 300,000 people that came from the Caribbean because they stopped African slavery in 1808. So there's a very short window um, that people have to deal with. So now you have the triangular slave trade, um, and you can find that at slavevoyages.org. That's through Emory University. Um, and you'll find the data, and you'll see that uh, the American slave trade, there were more people sent out of South Carolina than there were coming into South Carolina as slaves from different uh, countries, different nations, um, which also could include uh, some Africans, as indicated by the 1740 Negro Act, which specifically tells you who they are calling Negro in South Carolina. Um, and they are talking about the ancient Berbers. They descend from the Berbers. So these are things in law, things in history that we haven't been able to place ourselves at any point in time, and we take on these blanket stories of being slaves, of being all these things, um, and you really don't know. It, in, and it's fruitless to really uh, ponder 50,000 years ago um, and believe that someone can tell us what dinosaurs sounds like, uh, what, dino what a dinosaur sounds like. Um, no one was there to record that. What was documented about your people? That's what's important. Um, and that's, that's what people probably should be looking into, looking to themselves. If you're trying to find out where your home is, you should probably start there. Um, specifically for people in America, if you've heard that you had Indian in your family, where did the Indian go? Where did it go? Based on what we were taught Indians were and look like, I, I kind of went back and started thinking, and I was like, I've never seen um, what has been portrayed as an Indian. So, uh, and I began looking and all around the places I've been and people I've had the uh, opportunity to speak to and ask, they've, the only people they see is people that are considered African-American. Because, you know, it's like, I, I remember in history, class, they told us about uh, these particular Indians. I can't remember the name. Maybe the Pueblo, I forget, but they all of a sudden just vanished. And I could never understand that for the life of me. This is like in, 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 in middle school. They always they, they, they told us about this, the, this, this tribe for three years, and they just said they just vanished. And I couldn't understand that, you know, even if you think supernaturally. So then I just started wondering, well, maybe our Mex you know, our Mexican brothers and sisters, that that was them. And instead, you know, they, you, you know, I just, but it just never made sense. So I'm asking, I, I'm saying all this to say, at what point does one say, hey, I think I was lied to. Can you tell me the truth? Is that like swallowing a pride pill or is it just very hurtful to, to, to face this kind of question? Um, I, I was very open to it. I'll tell you a lot of the family, the elder particularly, uh, in my case, they would, um, kind of not want to talk about it. Um, and these are the elders that were, uh, around when you can get killed or your house could get burnt down mysteriously for talking about being Indian. So, um, my family's direct, uh, you know, directly oppressed from Walter Plecker 
uh, and the Department of uh, Vital Statistics um, during that administration in Virginia specifically. Um, so there, there's, there's all sorts of um, different ways that people can go about it, but definitely the search should be with inside themselves. You um, ask your elders, who are your grandparents? Um, and you study yourself. We spend a lot of time paying attention to different things, but I think we don't uh, study our family and we don't pass the history appropriately. Uh, we certainly do have culture. Uh, people that are misnomered as African-Americans, we absolutely have culture that everybody in the world emulates um, and, and they jack it from us and everything and they demonize a lot of things and then kind of sell it back to us. Um, we are the innovators of very specific things, different crafts um, that the whole world gets to enjoy. And I think people kind of forget that and they kind of cross-contaminate that. So for, and especially me, um, I'm an American Indian. I don't call myself a black Indian. That may be a description that people would have of me um, and my family, but we are American Indian. Um and I would say that there are a lot of people that would probably want to check and see, uh, specifically if they've ever heard that at any point during their life. It's definitely worth looking into uh, your own history. And that goes for anybody in the world. It's irrespective uh, of person, of color, and creed, where you come from. Um, and it's important for people to do that. But in order for someone to call me, um, African or to say that we are all African, you have to steal someone's African grandmother to place her in my lineage. Mm. I'm already back in the 1600s and I've been doing it for about 20 years. And within the last five or six years, I really understood what I was looking at. So, you know, I, I like the fact that you continue to uh, make the point is less about skin color and complexion and more about kinfolk who you're related to where you come from in that sense do, do you do you think that one of the reasons uh of the misnomer as well as the the belief that so many uh african-american people have to being african is because everything in this country uh for a certain amount of time is specifically based on complexion and skin color? Oh, absolutely. Um, there were different intervals uh, within the last 150 years when the, when Africans were actually coming here to be naturalized and apply for citizenship, um, much as it is today. And I think people kind of don't know, um, you know, some of those little caveats about American history, exactly who was here and what was everybody doing? What was everybody doing? You get to rule out a lot of speculation. It doesn't, you don't want to speculate with that. Um, no doubt people of color are owed some act right. They're absolutely owed some justice and there's different ways of going about it to get it. And we have neglected those responsibilities. A lot of so-called leaders have um, they've basically taken, you know, some back money out the out the back door, um, and they are they've been, you know, hiding a lot of information that is pertinent to people, um, and how they are supposed to be responsible with their citizenship that they so desire to be equal and have the same rights as everybody else. But if you don't know your rights, you don't have any, and therefore any acquiescence, any time 
uh, the person of color acquiesces to a law. Acquiesces to something that they disagree with. It's the same as saying that they accept it or they are guilty of it. Mm. Well, you know, that's a great segue into our current state of affairs, right? COVID, civil unrest, and the blues people. Now, we've seen for years, our lifetime, our parents' lifetime, our grandparents, and we can go down the list, the the murdering of 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 a black body or brown body or a person of color as you as, if you will and this is stemming a lot of as of now currently we we have civil unrest in the midst of a pandemic where people are supposed to be six feet apart what do you believe is is the source of of these officers getting off meaning uh, acquitted for killing these black people? Or is it because of identifying as black, they don't have rights in the judicial system, or is it something else? That is certainly part of it, um, that they don't know their rights and that they are classifying themselves um, to a place that they cannot attach any history to um, because any person from Ghana that comes to America has rights different than the African-American that wants to expatriate and move to Ghana. Um, they'll still, you have to have a birth certificate uh, with your grandparents to prove that you have, you know, to establish citizenship. So um, there's different things that people don't know. There's a lot of propaganda um, that makes you, um, especially people of color, they don't um, have any love for America because they don't know what stake they really put into it. Um, what stock they descend from that made this country uh, what it is that everybody else wants, that they feel as if they don't belong when they absolutely belong here. It's just, you know, as anyone else that we invited over to be here. There are all different types of treaties and things involved um, that are due to people to, to be responded to. Um, and there has to be some recompense, but if they're going about it, um, people of color going about it the wrong way, um, then, then you know, things become chaotic. Um, but th- that's something that uh, historically has always happened, uh, especially among, among the American Indians in American history. Um, again, going back to the culture, if you look at the Civil Rights Act, uh, Public Law 90-284 uh, of April 11, 1968, uh, in Title II, it talks about the, uh, well, the first title, it speaks about federally protected activities, and then it goes on to talk about the riots. This was days after Martin Luther King was killed, and it was complete civil unrest. Um, also, uh, the Watts riots and the Memphis riots and, uh, and, and all these New York and, and Delaware, and, uh, excuse me, Maryland and Baltimore and all these different places, um, they had these different riots in Detroit. Um, and they specifically talked about the riots uh, and the, the cross-communication, traveling in the state, of course, um, and the, the penalties for that. Uh, but they are asking, um, you know, it is a public, you know, declaration for, you know, not to do that, to discuss the grievances um, amongst a specific type of people. And then it goes on to Title II, and it says the rights of Indians. Mm. It doesn't say anything about black people. It doesn't say anything, you know, about uh, Negroes or African-Americans or Africans. It says rights of Indians. Um, And in the United States, there is what you call single 
subject matter. So if you have a bill that gets turned into a law to save the dolphins, you can't squeeze in, hey, can you save the manatees also? <laughs> it doesn't work like that. So, <laughs> so, and it goes down into Title uh, 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 Title Eight, which is uh, affordable housing. You know about the, the HUD section uh, one through uh, infinity that a lot of people don't know about. They called it the Fair Housing Act as well, but it's really Indian civil rights. Okay, so let me let me ask you a, qu- a question: the the Civil Rights Act and the Fair Housing Act both fall under the Indian. Uh, the Indian Rights Act is this what you this is what you just uh, what you're telling me? That is correct. Okay, the one of 1866 um, also talks about Indians. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah. so now, with that being said, the marching and the rioting and all of this, and they're saying that kind of morphed into because before that they were saying Negroes and things like this it, mor- it morphed into a black rights movement so w- my question to you is at, at what point did the bill that was constructed for a specific group of people morph and then I guess everyone else would, was just miseducated around it morphing right? Right I would say that would be months after Martin Luther King was assassinated, 1968. Um, specifically, uh, shortly after the Civil Rights Act was passed for rights of Indians, um, and anybody can look up the video. It's um, on the Library of Congress. You can even see it on YouTube, Linda B. Johnson. And you take a look around that room at that footage uh, at that time and see how many people in that specific audience look like an uncle or your dad or your grandfather or someone familiar to you um, as a so-called African-American. You look around that room, you don't see anybody that looks like Sitting Bull. You don't see anybody that looks like Geronimo. Um, You see people that look like you and myself and Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks and Coretta Scott King, um, absolutely American Indian. They have ties to America for time immemorial as long as they've been recording. And this is what a lot of people um, have forgotten. Uh, they put things on the college courses. Uh, Donald Goins, they introduced Iceberg Slim. So they flooded it with Kwanzaa. Um, uh, I forget the guy's name that created it. Uh, he changed his name, but he mutilated and tortured women and created this holiday that they didn't even celebrate um, in Africa at all. That's a new thing that was created. Um, So those trends, the propaganda, you have the Black Panthers um, who were completely infiltrated, went from a political party and they still want to sell dope out the back door to daycare and rob banks and things of that nature. Um, And that kind of got out of control, even with the programs that they did create. um, That was from the the best part of that particular cell uh, before they were infiltrated. And you had people that were claiming um, to be about protecting the community and enhancing and advancing the community forward, and they completely took advantage of that. And these are the same descendants of the ancestors that we've had the whole time uh, here in America. It's not always uh, the pale person that is actually oppressing us. There are skin folk among us that are not kin folk, um, and and there's a lot of confusion. So those things, um, they had different laws that were passed, different tragedies, and a lot of propaganda. Um, everybody started wearing kente cloth. 
Um, and then also uh, in 1964, after the Voters Registration Act, which was another civil rights act, um, they closed the American Colonization Society, which was open for 146 years that gave people a free trip to Africa if they wanted to go. Um, and when they, the Negro in America, which is also referred to as the Indian, they are synonymous because it still gives you ties to the land, um, being called Negro as well. Um, and the Negro in America at that point was now able to vote. And they had another naturalization act in 1965. And this, where it, this is where your other countries had different treaties during their newly independence, their new independence. And they came over here going to our schools under different visas that our people still are not afforded to. So we got smoked out by a lot of people that blended in um, to our nation. And we, we, you know, been last class, um, last Larry to have any pickings and any say. And as far as most of us will find is absolutely our motherland. Wow. Wow. So how, how does that relate to what we've been experiencing these last several months also, how does that relate to the relationship between, because, and, and please forgive me for wording it this way. I, the only thing that I could say when I heard Trump say this was this guy has the balls of a gorilla. He literally said he's done more for black folk. No, he's done as yeah, he's done more for black folks than anyone, any president, for the exception of Abe Lincoln. So, so could we tie all of these f- few months up into what your thoughts and feeling is and what you've experienced with that statement? I would actually disagree with that statement. I would actually say he has superseded Abraham Lincoln. Mm. Um, I would absolutely say that he has superseded that. Considering slavery wasn't officially abolished in Mississippi until 2014. That is correct. So um, with that being said, I would say that the things that Trump has done has uh, absolutely, as an American Indian, enhanced my quality of life for the first time. Wow. So now, you know what? Breonna Taylor... George Floyd, Black Lives Matter. What, how does that play into these? Uh, it's not even newfound information. The awakening is about, I'll, I'll just term it that way. I know that's tongue in cheek, but how does these uh, events and these, these groups, Black Lives Matter, um, ADOS, uh, foundational Black Americans, how do all these things tie into the narrative of who we really are. Well, I've had um, quite a bit of dialogue um, with ADOS. I've offered to have debates with uh, Yvette Carnell and uh, Tony. Um, uh, They, you know, have never obliged me, of course. Um, they um, They have changed their talking point based around, um, the people that I study with, um, a lot of our talking points, um, now that they are, you know, understanding what the Republican Party was, but ADOS, um, they failed to understand that slavery was legal in certain states. So the burden of proof is going to always be on them. Um, it's kind of like shadow boxing to an extent. You're, you're just, you know, you're not going to hit your target, um, yet again. 
Um, I don't know if people have seen what Tahiti Coach had put together, but it was a mixture of American people with uh, fresh people that probably just first-generation Africans. Um, and, and we know that that's just absolutely not true based on all of the data of the slave ships, the populations, and what the records say. Um, and people will be surprised. They say that there were no records and the records were burnt. There's absolutely going to be um, some breadcrumbs and spicy meatballs, as I call them, different little caveats <laughs> and facets that will attach you um, absolutely to your ancestors. Um, and that's important to do. Um, so ADOS, um, you have to, the burden of proof, where you have to um, figure out if your grandparents or all of them were enslaved. You may find four or five out of 8,000 people. When you get to the 10th generation, you're dealing with over 8,000, uh, probably 8.1 uh, K ancestors at that point. Um, and you, maybe 10 of them were slaves throughout the course of history. So um, I don't know how they feel about it, but they, they should probably look into a thing. Records are available. Well, you know, let's let's talk about reparations then, because, you know, the irony is, and one of the things I like to read often is the slave narratives, because um, I, I find these interviews are really, really intriguing, um, especially because when you read what what the interviewees are saying, uh, a lot of the times, it's uh, totally opposite of what we were taught. And I mean, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but I, I believe the brother's name was Uncle Cinto. Uh, I have it here somewhere. I should have pulled it up to read it. Not the whole thing, because it's very long, but this piece of it to you, because he, he, he clearly made a distinction between himself and the rest of the people on the plantation and Africans. He said, we, he, he spoke about how, you know, he went through his life, but he was speaking about a particular moment. And he said he never understood when they finally brought the Africans over, they kept running in the woods. They was trying to escape. And I'm like, where are you going? And they kept getting, you know, they kept getting caught. And I, the, the, the thing that struck me which was the fact that he made a clear distinction between himself and them and I just was like if they were the same people or of the same people I wouldn't imagine he would have made that distinction so with that being said do you think because reparations has been a big as we spoke about ADOS just now reparations has been a big conversation uh these last couple of years right this is the most has ever been discussed do you think a lot of uh, dark-hued and brown-hued uh, folk are going to be upset when, if and when they find out that they're not descendants of any slaves? Well, they may have some slave ancestors, but they still have to prove where those slaves came from. It's not the same thing as saying your slave ancestor was a slave in Virginia, was slavery was lawful. Now, if they were um, doing hard labor and cruel and unusual punishment in Mississippi in 2013, you want reparations? That's a perfect place to do it. There was a judge in Corpus Christi, Texas, that didn't even belong in this country. She should probably be sued. I don't care what it was that people would try for. If she was the judge, it makes it null and void because she's a criminal. She broke the law. 
So um, I think the negligence um, to have people excited about something that is not going to come based off of some skewed stories and blanket statements that people individually uh, and collectively cannot prove and establish that it happened. Um, people have that embedded uh, roots embedded in their minds, and roots was a fictional story. Um, Alex Haley's family is American Indian. Mm. Um, Kunta Kente was a fictional character. Roots was plagiarized. Uh, it was originally stolen from Harold Corlander, and Alex Haley was sued in federal court. So, so you, you ultimately, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's not the fact that the concept of reparations is incorrect in regards to there are people who can actually receive it. The, the, the issue then is, from what I'm understanding, the way it's being spinned and portrayed, whereas this is a, a specific incident for specific places, but it's not a collective. That is correct. You would have to hit the trifecta or it's like winning the Powerball. You have to prove that you're a descendant of the less than 300,000 people that came here in the entire 350 years. So monthly, that would be 38 slaves, uh, 37.5 slaves per colony, per all of the 13 colonies uh, a month, or uh, 850-something for the year, for 350 years. Like, where, where are they going? <laughs> They were coming here to work. The industry of slavery is basically for people that didn't own their own business. On the currency, there, it was mind your business. Um, the Confederate money, which Abraham Lincoln died with $2, uh, with a $2 uh, Confederate bill in his pocket with a woman on there that looks like my grandmother. Wow. Um, if you look at the Confederate money, we were the money. We were the gold. We were the silver. That was the currency, and it was backed by our labor. We were producers, um, and this was our land. There was a lot of cheating. A lot of those things happened, and historically, even through forensic genealogy, there's a lot of people that, um, excuse me, I'm in the yard, and people, it's nice out. People are still riding their bikes. <laughs> um, they um, historically have a story to tell, and they need to find out what that story is in order to accuse people of something that may or may not have happened. Am I saying that the institution of slavery didn't happen? Absolutely not. Am I saying that some people weren't treated um, uh, beyond cool? I am not saying that either. But what I am saying is people still need to look inside their families. Every single person was not a slave. You cannot guarantee that by the third generation, you have 32 great-grandparents. Every single one of them were slaves in a place where slavery was not lawful. You have to find a reason. Were they in debt? Um, did they commit a crime? Were they convicted of a felony? And we all know, to this day, people that are in prison that didn't commit any crime at all, but they have been convicted. So it's the same thing. They didn't know the law then. They don't know the law now. Um, you know, some people's grandpa was making moonshine in places where there was prohibition. There's a lot of reasons. Child support was a huge reason why the men were enslaved three, 400 years ago. These are in different court records. Um, from these colonies, and they tell different stories about our people, and we can place ourselves in the narrative. So this, is, so so we're talking about being indebted, and once you're indebted, you in different cases, some people 
got with someone who just may have been sadistic. And in other cases, they just got with someone who just wanted the work done and by any means. But some of the okay. narratives that we're being told may be um, a little polarized, to say the least. Is this what I'm, this is what you're sharing? Very much. A lot of it is skewed. People will be very surprised uh, to find out exactly what was happening and what was going on. Um, it is a lot deeper um, than people um, can fathom. And that is the proof that you need. Um, so if, in fact, you do believe that you're African, I'm not saying that you're not, but the burden of proof is on you. And you have to prove that you're a kidnapped African from a specific place at a specific time. And how did you get here? <laughs> I, I didn't mean to laugh. And by no means, I'm asking these questions because, you know, there, there, there's a lot of uh, absolutes, right? When, when you uh, either speak to some historians or when you read certain things or go to school. And, and I've come to the understanding that a, a good majority of this is, this is way more convoluted. Also, one of the reasons why I'm, I'm asking you the questions the way I am is because the point I'm trying to get to is because it pretty much sounds like things were not much different then as it is now in terms of unscrupulous business practices, um, unlawful uh, imprisonment, which you just shared, child support. There's not a big difference. Am I in the ballpark here? Well, there is a big difference. Okay. And the big difference is the disconnect with family. Mm. See, our, the people of color have relied on everyone else for truth except their own people. Right? We have trust issues. Uh, not good with money, um, we're very sketchy with relationships, and we have learned to love and trust a bunch of strangers with our issues that we refuse to handle amongst ourselves. We are not able to uh, 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 push our people to do better um, in a sense where we have to unlearn and deprogram from a lot of different ways um, that we were taught that have been harmful to us. So if you talk about reparations, you can get reparations for the things that they taught us as they stole our heritage some in front of our noses, right? Right, So yeah. even, um, and, and, and those are the things, those are the tangible things that you can actually prove that they did. Um, uh, specifically for me, they, they took my, my land, my birthright, right from in front of my nose. And they mixed me up with a bunch of people and they flooded me with things that made me disassociate myself from my own American heritage. That's a crime. No, that's, that's a huge genocide. crime. They committed ethnocide. They changed all of the data. They made a mockery out of the census. They had one job. It was a tangible thing. What did they do on those census records? They stole our votes. Three-fifths a person. Oh, no, they counted you. They just counted you towards a cause that didn't, didn't suit our people. We can sue them for that. That's what that proof. Irrefutable. So, tangible thing. Well, Not God's stories. We were kidnapped from some coast in Africa, and now all of a sudden DNA attaches you to a bunch of people that don't know you. There's no grandmother there. There's no cousin. There's no bloodline relative that you are associated with. They have last names now. Who are they? So if, in fact, 
excuse me, this information, which is readily available to anyone. But if in fact people, more people begin to take it seriously and play their part, could this be why so many are going about trying to discredit it because then it's a bill that majority of the people who's bled this land and the people on it, it's a bill they'll never be able to pay. There's an absolute bill to pay. Um, unfortunately, um, and 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 in all truth, um, white people do not have any issue. They know what the truth is. It is only skin folk that are attached to these different ideologies um, that really forget about who they are um, and don't, um, they don't, uh, they're not necessarily attracted to their own narratives. Those blanket stories have been comfortable and they've had acceptance to those stories and they kind of want to stay there. Um, and henceforth, a lot of um, the, or the lack thereof progress among the people for that reason. Um, you know, we, we are very uh, emotional. They're very emotional about different things that don't um, necessarily are, are, are that close to them, but there's a cousin that they won't lend $20 to, you know what I'm saying, to go find a job. So there's, I don't know, people are just really cold, and, and, and we, it's, people of color, they want justice, but they don't want to give it. They want mercy, but they're merciful to their own. So when they say the the whole equality thing, it bothers me because I think that you want to be equal to wicked people to oppress other people that aren't. Mm. So there's a couple of things I, I want to address. But the first thing I have to ask you, I, I, I feel like I asked you this already, but I, I, I need to ask you this. Why do you use the term people of color as what could be considered because you expressed that you're not a black Indian, you're an American Indian. I'm going somewhere here because you, you would be classified by other black people as a black woman. And as you and I know, they've tried to place me on that burner, but like you, I, you know, we, sometimes you got to put people in their place, but that's not here nor there. If you say, Hey, wait a minute. I'm not a black this or black that, I'm this. That's when the ridicule from those who will believe to be our people start coming, right? So why do you use people of color? And do you mind sharing some of those moments of, of when, when people get upset when you make the distinction? I say people of color regarding the people in all of the Americas, North, South, and Central America. Um, those whose identities have changed completely um, a bunch of times. There's no such thing as a Latin American or a Hispanic. A man from Spain is a white man when he comes to America. He's not Hispanic. Um, and Spanish people don't speak Spanish. They speak Castilian. Um, so there's so many different things. Um, and all of the people, even the, the one thing that they have done in the Caribbean, they're called West Indians. So they still do have part of their original identity as West Indians, um, which also included Virginia, North Carolina, Florida, and um, other parts of what we now know as the United States. Um, so that, I, that's what I mean about people of color, the people whose identities have changed, um, which can also extend to people in South Africa. They have also been colored as well. 
Um, and that system had just probably ended in the 1990s um, at the end of apartheid. So their colonization and their independence in those nations are fairly new. So you can't have Nigerian DNA from 500 years ago when Nigeria was established in 1951. Mm. It didn't exist. My grandmother's older than that. Wow. My dad's older than that. Wow. Wow. So you mentioned West, the West Indies and still having a piece of their culture, right? At least in the name, because there are many West Indians that say they're African and that that was the first stop. There was absolutely a number of people that went there, but they have to definitely sort through the records as well, um, because they tell you for every 20 uh, different Creole, which comes from the, either the first European settler line that married into the indigenous people, um, which is what Creole means in the Latin countries, um, also that were French-dominated. Um, but then they tell you who the Africans were, what their names are. Um, if they were coming from a country that was predominantly Muslim, they would have their father's name, what their name's going to be while they're doing their tenure um, in, let's say, Jamaica, how long they're going to be there, and um, what their tenure was, seven years or whatever and what their original name was. So they did, They still have records as well. They have 1,600-year-old records from, from people leaving from Biafra going into Peru that talk about they were also black people. So um, people still need to find the records. They have Spanish names, but it still establishes who your lineage is. So right either way you put it, it doesn't matter if grandma's Polish, Russian, you should know. So you can follow them and no one can tell you anything about yourself. That's what racism is. Race is the, the legal de de definition for race is your stock, your antecedents and your descendants, who you are born from, who, who, how did you get here? So we don't practice racism. Everybody else in the world does, but we don't um, oblige our families in a global competition to be the best. And, you know, we don't do that. Right. We are very separate amongst each other and everybody else has a, a different type of um you know stateship no and i hear you and I, and, I, and again i i i appreciate the fact because i'm a firm believer in everyone should tell their narrative and be proud of it etc cetera, etc cetera. and it sounds like what i get from what you're saying you're you believe the same thing this is not outside of taking the land back and the rights back, but outside of the different things like that that you expressed, it's it's not a I'm better than you because this and that is just more everybody should know who they are. This is what you're saying. Oh, yes. Everybody, anybody that's oppressed uh, people in the world, they've done the exact same thing. They've uh, incorporated everything and they have a commercial system that people are not privy to, uh, administrative law, Everybody has a constitution. What's lawful here in New York may not be lawful in Wisconsin. Um, and what's lawful in Wisconsin is not applicable to what Michigan is. Every state is a country. Um, people know how to, um, you know, specifically foreigners have different benefits that the um, so-called African-American does not have um, or doesn't appear to have when, in fact, the rights that everybody else enjoys is at the expense of the African-American who does not um, enact his rights or flex them um, and to see what tangible results that they receive. There's nothing that they can do. Um, a lot of 
uh, the things that people are upset with. Um, it is um, due to lack of understanding civics and polity. Um, they rely on strangers to know what it is that they're feeling when in actuality we're supposed to rely on each other to strengthen our own causes politically. Um, a lot of lobbyists are irresponsible. Um, are these politicians? Uh, they know everything about you. You don't know anything about them. Um, so they, they speak things and you don't even know what it is. A lot of people don't even know what it is that they want or what they should want. I'm really happy you brought that up because that, that, you know, I I don't want to sound condescending or like a jerk, but I, 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 I'm starting to believe a, a good amount of people cannot differentiate between communism, socialism, capitalism, Marxism, let alone the different tiers of the judicial system, as well as now, and this can play into right now, the, the constitution, which they're really trying to uh, uh, obliterate how, so, and you kind of mentioned, you kind of touched on it and I'm not going to hold you too long because I could, I could ask the questions for hours. You kind of mentioned it. Could you go a little deeper into why the so-called African-American receives no justice on any side of the court, at least from what is portrayed, whether they're the victim or they're not a victim, whether self-defense or whatever happens, because it's, it's based on television, media, and the like. If a so-called African-American stands his ground in a stand-your-ground state, he still either gets arrested if he's legally holding a firearm with the license and to carry he still gets publicly assassinated what do you think it may be a more fair question because i don't want to put on you like that but what do you think the 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 reason for that is at least they're they're, they're presenting it as Af- the so called African American has no rights and the so called white man has all the rights in the world. Well, that's not true. White people have privilege, right? They have privilege. Mm-hmm. Rights are for the citizen. A lot of people of color do not understand the benefits of citizenship. Do you have rights? They they are anti-government, so they don't participate in what's good for them, and they volunteer information. Um, specifically, when it comes down to situations of being arrested um, and, and things of that nature, um, volunteering information, answering questions when anything you say can and will be used against you, where are you coming from, what's your address, all of these questions that are um, uh, psychologically um, uh, intimidating um, and and these intimidating situations, but they don't necessarily know how to react to that particular stimuli. They have been taught to fear um, so-called authority, um, specifically policy enforcers. Um, I don't know. I had to do things a little different, so I know that we are not active um, and how they handle our children. Um, and you really can't be negligent. Like, you need to make sure you know who people are in, in your police department. There's a lot of things that we can do to be proactive instead of reactive. 
um, when things kind of hit the oscillating revolver, that's when everybody wants to um, get some sort of act right, some sort of retribution and recompense um, for a situation that could be avoided. Um, you know, before they come trying to say they're looking for your son, maybe you let them know your son is not one to be harassed and stuff like that. Um, a lot of times, um, as parents, I've seen it myself, um, where people don't really fight for their children. Like, you have to know what your child's rights are. You have um, a right to respect of property, and your property um, is your person, right? That, that's that's right. my body. That's my car. That's my this. That's my that. Um, I know what my rights are, and I and police. Um, specifically, they don't really know the law. They just have policy and procedure and um, showing people how to um, utilize that you know your rights is a different process that um, people are going to have to learn. They're not used to those people. It, it should multiply um, and, and people should be teaching that instead of, um, you know, having um, their hands and in, 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 in mixing mixing the pot. What I mean by mixing a pot, like we teach our children to be selfish with each other, but be really nice to white people. Mm. Like you speak to them a different way. Um, um, if that person says something to you, you better do this. So you better do that. But if this white person says anything, don't talk like this. Don't talk like that. So um, there's some things in our structure and parenting that we should probably work on collectively um, so that you know, because it, what happens is, and it's all of our concern because we all have to coexist. Um, so it doesn't matter how many times we, you know, we, we love and hug our children and see them cook meals and things like that. There's 10,000 kids that don't have it that way, which will put our kids in danger. So they all need hugs. You mentioned. Right? So we have things as a community so that we can make sure that we're raising future uh, caregivers that are responsible fiscally um, that have a better shot. Um, we are supposed to be preparing for seven generations, so we don't have to have these conversations. What, what we see now and what we've seen in our lifetime, they'll have to look it up. It won't be something that they're used to or something that they expect. Mm. Now, you, you mentioned citizenship a couple of times, and you also mentioned how the so-called African-American does not want to be an American. So just verbally, they're giving up what rights they would have if they knew who and what they were. I, I, I bring that up because is, is this the, the result of having to um, hide one's identity? Specifically because they don't know their ties to America. Good, bad, or indifferent, even if they completely agree with the slave narrative and they've accepted it, um, is that it? And now what? Mm. And now what? What are we going to do? There's still uh, a whole class of children um, that cannot be our future nurses and CNAs. They don't have any compassion. We got a lot of work to do. Like, I don't really um, think that we have to pay so much attention to the pale people as we make excuses for our own um, to, to be disrespectful to um, to building and fortifying something that we should, that the world should probably take serious, right? Because right. they are very dependent on us. And we don't have 
a lot of money, but we seem to have all the money. <laughs> uh, we don't have a lot of power, but we have soft power. We don't have um, maybe political power, but if we say it's fresh or it's fly, then everybody else says so. If we say stop signs are not cool, guess what? People are not going to stop based off of our um, the things that we, we, we make uh, a trend, something that we create, um, you know, that everybody hijacks. So that's that. But I think that people should just take a, a better look at what it is that they're supposed to be doing and they don't handle their business um, and they invite everybody else into their affairs. Um, and, and it's very negligent and it hurts us, um, you know, just, just, and we don't place, um, we don't place our voices in the appropriate uh, receptacle. We don't put it in the right spot. We don't put it in the right spot. And it goes on deaf ears. And um, when they start screaming about certain things that really they were told about in history, but they didn't happen, and it looks like white people are not listening, and it's like they shrug their shoulders like, eh, oh, sorry, sorry. It's not that they don't care. They know it's a lie. Wow. They know it's a lie. People don't like Donald Trump's mouth. I grew, I'm 46 years old. I mean, I've lived in Queens. I am not upset that in the 90s, the early 90s, that he didn't sell us apartments we couldn't afford. I'm not upset with him. He has none of our blood on his hands. The worst thing he did was take out that article on the Central Park Five. Right. Uh, and he was young and dumb at that time, and that was his mistake. Um, and that was all he did. Um, and there's people like Al Sharpton and, and, and um, uh, Steve and Mason. They actually robbed us, you know. Um, they cheated us. They took property that we could have owned and there's seven ten million dollars right now um david dinkins was the mayor and there was this way we were supposed to be able to buy these uh dilapidated brownstones and get the grants to fix them up in harlem and brooklyn um and they were a dollar and no one would show us how to qualify like twice out of high school like we didn't know anything about fiscal responsibility and i do know that they robbed us so Who's the killer? Like, we've been blaming people for horrible things in history, uh, and we glorify people for things that they did that they should really um, be ashamed of themselves. So um, I think that um, it's time for people to stop, you know, cut the shenanigans and look inside a thing or two. Um, don't believe what they say. Just research what they say. Right, 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 right. I have to ask you this. So how do so-called African-Americans respond to you saying that our so-called leaders, your so-called leaders are the ones robbing us, not them. What is that like? Well, I have the irrefutable proof, you know. Um, it, it started with, well, specifically, if I can go back to Al Sharpton, um, Tawana Glory. <laughs> like, he emotionally, um, you know, like, captivated us. Uh, about a, a, a girl being raped by these white men, and it was a complete lie. They had a whole scam. Like, they scammed us. I can prove that. That happened. Um, you know, um, there's a lot of things that we didn't understand who was robbing us, and a lot of people have had their hand in the pot, um, even down to our great leaders. They may have had a change of heart, um, and, and that's why they were ended up being killed when it came time to tell the truth and they wanted to, um, to, to, to clear their souls. They didn't live too much longer, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. They didn't live too much longer. That's the the reason why James Baldwin got to die old is because he moved to France. But he, but 
I could be wrong. I, I don't I don't know if he was running I don't want to say that MLK and MX is running game, but I, I would say that they like you said, they came to the to presenting the truth later in life and that's when they were ostracized. I kinda have the inclination James Baldwin was always screaming from the mountaintops, but nobody was really listening. Am I wrong on that? Correct. Correct. That is correct. I have like uh like tons of respect and admiration for James Baldwin. I totally understood him. Um I got him. You know, um I I, I was able to um go over everybody's work but the thing that Martin Luther King did um in his final um his final you know destination was the most epic thing um so I definitely had to give him props um in regards to that politically there's a interview um that I saw that he did with Merv Griffin um uh it's really old black and white and and there's a lot of history here again him being in Harlem and being in New York and spending time in New York every weekend, a lot of people don't know that our people traveled. The same things we liked, our people were classy just like we were classy. Our grandparents were classy. Our people, they took vacations, they went places, they did things. They And it's like, um, you know, um, when you look at these old vintage interviews and you see how poised they are and how they were able to move around. And he mentioned how they had political prowess and how they gained it in Atlanta. Mm. And that's what got this epic landslide law changed, right? Mm. And people started changing their identities shortly thereafter and other people came in. If the Native Americans were not in the 13 colonies, they are not the same as the American Indians. Mm. Let's say that. If you are federally recognized, you are now a Native American. Anyone that is born in America is a Native American, but not everyone is an American Indian. Mm. So people don't realize that Dragon Canoe, for all you know, could be John Jenkins, your fifth grade grandfather. You think those are slave names? They're absolutely not. And wow. these are the things that people need to know to attach themselves to some of the estates. They think they don't have anything and they got everything. They didn't steal the land or did you abandon it? Didn't they say Freedmen's abandoned land? Yes. Also called abandoned land. Where'd it go? We've been in the city for generations. We didn't go back to great grandma's house. No, we did not. No, we did not. And so now there are those saying that a big portion of the riots recently, not Breonna Taylor, but after George Floyd was based, that it was uh, uh, perpetuated and, and, and uh, initiated because they were trying to Actually, Brianna does fit into this because uh, talk on the street is there were a lot was going on in her area community because they were trying to gentrify all these communities. So they were doing things and letting things happen to to remove yet again those whose area belonged to. What do you think about? this re-migration and, and with the removals yet again of the peoples? Well, I know um, there's some different details of, of the Brianna Taylor uh, case 
that um, people didn't disclose uh, in the media on a lot of things. Uh, people need to look for themselves. Court records are public records. Um, definitely find out what was going on. There's a lot of ad libs. There's a lot of different ways that things are being presented to people, um, in which case they become emotionally attached to these situations that happen every day. Um, and they can't be too reactive to those situations when there's situations in our families that people don't address, right? Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Not that we can't feel compassion for Breonna Taylor, but if you ain't checked on your oldest auntie that you got, is Tom really worth it? Like, what, what you doing with yourself? So are the American Indian and the Hebrew of the Bible the same people? I won't say that they're the same people, but the story is pretty similar. It's a bunch of people that don't know their home already and don't realize how important to the world they are um, in that aspect. Um, yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> I would say in that aspect, I have looked at the Bible and learned how to um, understand politics and civics. Look at the way Jesus talked to the Pharisees. Maybe people should talk to the police that way. Mm. He never answered a direct question. You know, mm -hmm. um, he, didn't, he didn't answer a direct question and they did a lot of speculating. Um, and if people should pay attention to the dialogue, maybe not take things so um, dogmatically or literally and look at the figurative part of the allegory, which applies in real life and real time. If you look up the legal definition for hell, hell is prison, slavery, bondage, jail. Mm. What does heaven mean? Freedom. Gotta mean that. It's the polar opposite. People don't know what it's like to be free. No, they don't. We don't own our own businesses. We don't own the land. We don't have a lot of say. You know, we don't do the fiscal responsible thing. And people are very selfish. They give to charities that don't really have to fix the conditions. They just look good. It's just a band-aid. And people should be tired of just mediocrity and just when we're so exceptional everybody's contribution is just so exceptional and we're just so uh somebody will come and fix it for real when why not you why not us why not what, what are we waiting for i agree i hear you just to be clear and put it out there what you would like to see in your lifetime and what you would like to be the result of all the works that you do the end game is anti-oppression um people should stop getting used to defeat defeatism uh and pessimism thinking that things are not going to change and you know maybe turn the tv off and look and see what the law is going on in your where you live at um look at the state of georgia there's some issues there's some legislative things know who it is that you're voting for hold them responsible you have to be active like a pta um, your president is your governor of your state. In case you didn't know, uh, Donald Trump is in, he's the executive in charge of all the states and severalty, not your state particular, because your state can, in most cases, trump federal. So what is going on? So the police reform that was passed down for the United States, is your governor actively making sure that your police reform is suitable for you and your country? What is it that oppresses you? Handle those issues. Do you know where to look? Your rights are available on every state website. Every state website. You can find the Constitution where you are. Georgia, 
there's some issues in Georgia. Georgia, everybody has the same rights as the natural people of the land. There's a little difference in Georgia. Um, uh, uh, also, there's no status um, that can be of subject of legislation. So that means there's no Rahim's law. You know, don't don't shoot our children in the back. It's never going to happen in Georgia until people change what's going on in that constitution. So when they don't understand what's going on, maybe they should look and see what's going on before they invite a stranger to address what's going on. And they still don't know because you don't know what that stranger is doing. And he's not getting it done. Miss hmm. uh, Moon, you're a wealth of information, history, good spirit and all the above. I definitely appreciate you taking time. Thank you. I was happy to be here. Thank you very much for having me.